it's us who determine the future. Like if we are not engaged and we are not participating in building that future, and if you are a hopeful person, you need to get in there, you know, because if you don't, then the only people who remain who are engaged are the people primarily who are really enraged. And uh, that's actually really the, the point, the reason why I started the podcast is that I didn't want to just be raging on social media. I wanted to do something that was real, that was really going to provide a service to people, the people who listen, because I think uh, the more people who get engaged in our society, it doesn't have to be necessarily, you know, voting or quote unquote democracy related, but it's, the more people we have who are invested in our civic lives, the better the outcomes. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Seek the Joy podcast. Happy Seek the Joy Tuesday. I'm your host, Sydney Weiss, and today I'm so thrilled, really, to share with you my conversation with Mila Atmos. Mila is a global citizen based in New York City, and she is the producer and series host of Future Hindsight. It's this incredible podcast. If you're not already subscribed and you're not already tuning in, please do so. It's all about It's just this weekly podcast that really aims to spark civic engagement through in-depth conversations with citizen change makers. And what I love so much about the podcast is that through these conversations, Mila is really sparking civic engagement and changing our perspective about what it means to be engaged in our communities. And I love this conversation today because not only do we talk about future hindsight and the inspiration behind the podcast and what really motivates and drives Mila, But we also talk about how we can begin to switch our mindset around being engaged in our communities, what it means to be a voter, what it means to participate in our elections and really be plugged in and dig in to these issues. Because I think it's so easy, and I hate the word easy here, but I do think it's so easy to feel and get trapped in the sense of doom and gloom, but really we can allow ourselves to connect to our joy and the sense of hope by voting, by participating in our elections. And I am just so appreciative of this conversation and the time that Mila and I spent together having this conversation. So as you can tell, we talk about civic engagement, what keeps her hopeful, how really remaining active in politics and our communities can be a form of self-care. We talk about action items that you can really take and participate in, especially as we get closer to midterm elections here in the United States. And of course, I ask her, What is her biggest dream? Now, more than ever, I just think it's so important that we have reliable resources that we can turn to. And that's where today's sponsor, BetterHelp, comes in. So I would love to share with you a little bit more about BetterHelp. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And it's easy and free to change counselors if you don't think the person you've matched with is a good fit. And no matter where you're listening to Seek the Joy podcast right now, you can also use BetterHelp because the service is available for people worldwide too. I just think it's so valuable to talk to someone about what it is that you're going through, whether that's anxiety, depression, grief, loss, changes at work, or friendship dynamics or relationships, or you want to talk about the challenges of the last couple of years. And BetterHelp offers a broad range of expertise in their counselor network. So you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions too, which I still think is a game changer. 
I really want you to live a happier, more joyful, and just ease-filled life. That's why I share these conversations with you. And so I'm just excited to share that as a listener of Seek the Joy podcast, you will get 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com slash seekthejoy. Join over 1 million people and counting taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash seek the joy. The link will also be included in our show notes. You'll hear Mila talk about this towards the end of the episode, but next Tuesday, September 20th is National Voter Registration Day here in the United States. And I know not everyone who listens to this podcast is... Um, based in the U.S., this is a global audience, and I'm always so grateful, but I really think no matter where you are in the world, making sure that you're registered to vote, the people in your life are registered, and having a plan to vote come election day, and for us here in the U.S., our midterms are Tuesday, November 8th, so having a plan around the elections I just think is so huge, and I'm just so appreciative of this conversation with Mila. It reminded me so much, too, of a conversation I had with Aaron Geiger-Smith leading up to the 2020 elections. I'm, I'm just such a big believer that our vote is our voice. Our vote is our voice for change. And I'll never tell you how to vote or who to vote for, but I'm all about bringing awareness, I think, around not just the importance of voting, but how we can really make this a joyful experience and bringing awareness around why it is so important to make sure our voice is heard. So Mila, thank you so much for this conversation. As always, I cannot wait to hear what you think. Make sure to join the conversation on our social media channels, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. We are at Seek the Joy Podcast everywhere. If you're enjoying this podcast, hit follow, hit subscribe, tell a friend, share this one with someone in your life. And um, Mila, just thanks again for this one. So uh, without further ado, let's get to this conversation with Mila Atmos. It's really all about finding joy in civic engagement and what keeps her hopeful. So I'll see you all on the other side. You know, what I'm so curious about you and your journey is you've been able to step forward as this, the host and the producer of Future Hindsight. And it's a podcast that talks obviously about current events and politics and what's going on in the world, but it's also our role, I think, as citizens in our community and how we can really find joy in uh, participating in this way. So all this to say, I'm very excited for this conversation and, and thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to join you to talk about civic engagement and the joy that we can find in being engaged in our civic life, in our yeah. communities, wherever we may be living. Wherever we may be in the world. So I think a good place to start is to talk about you know, maybe share with our audience a little bit what Future Hindsight is all about, maybe even what brought you to starting the podcast. Yeah, so Future Hindsight is uh, a podcast, we like to say, that takes the big ideas in civic life and democracy and turns them into action items for you and me. And so what that really means is that I read books, I interview people who are experts, uh, and we call them or they don't have to be experts, they can be everyday citizens, we have them on too, we have mm -hmm. everybody across the spectrum, but we call them citizen change makers. And so what we do is we try to translate, uh, if there are big ideas, for example, if we're reading a book, then uh, how can we think about that in our everyday lives? How can we translate that into something that we can do 
personally, because not everybody's going to pick up a book and not everybody, you know, not because they don't want to, they just don't have time. You know, people mm -hmm. work multiple jobs or they work long hours, they have kids. There's so much going on in life that um, what I want to do is give people sort of insight into the things that are possible. Mm -hmm. I love what you said, giving insight into what's possible, because it's so true. We have so much going on. Not all of us can always be plugged in to what's happening in the world or in our own communities, the way that we may, may, we may want to. And I love what you said too, that you're, it's about giving action items for our every day. And so I'm so curious, maybe what have you learned over the course of doing the podcast, either about yourself or your journey or just what it means to create these action items for ourselves? Well, the number one favorite thing about the podcast is that I'm always learning so much. Mm -hmm. And what I love about learning, of course, is that it really expands my perspective on the world, on the way things are. And uh, it gives me an opportunity to change my mind on things. You know, uh, mm -hmm. and I think the number one thing in terms of changing my mind about something is that I have, like most people, misperceptions about what the problems are that face our society. Mm. You know, very often when you read the paper or a magazine or you listen to the radio or TV, the problems that they talk about are often framed as lying in the center between two polar opposites. And in fact, if you think of the world in a quadrant, this is very simplistic, of course, we don't live in a quadrant, but if you think about it in a quadrant, very mm -hmm. often a problem lies in one section of the quadrant and not squarely in the middle. And then when you think about the solutions, when you talk about these issues with an expert who's been in the weeds for many years and really knows the issues inside out, you discover that maybe the solutions are something like 45 degrees apart as opposed to 180 degrees apart. Mm -hmm. And then I think you think about these issues much more in gray terms as opposed to in black and white terms. Mm. Because it really is a spectrum, right? It's not black and white. There's gray and shades of pink, orange, red, blue, purple, et cetera, in between all these issues. And I think it's so interesting what you said, the sense of maybe there's an, a misperception about what the problem really is. And when you were speaking about that, I started to think about maybe they're about the things that prevent us from being empowered as voters or being empowered as um, individuals in our communities, because there is so much information. There is so much to learn and to know. And we don't always have the opportunity to be plugged in to experts, maybe the way that we would like to. So I'm so curious what your sense is too, about maybe what really prevents us from being empowered in these spaces? You know, it's a good question. And I am actually this week, later this week, we are redropping a conversation with Zephyr Teachout about breaking up monopolies. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that she said in this interview is that when people talk about monopolies, everyday people think, oh, but you know, I'm not an economist, so I don't really have the expertise to say uh, we should break up Amazon or we should break up Google or whatever it is, you know, people who are capturing these markets, uh, but not just capturing the markets, because she argues that monopolies are anti-democratic. 
But she says all of us understand at base that a lot of these things are unfair. We know they're unfair. And she said we should feel as empowered to contact our senators, our lawmakers, our elected elected representatives to reach out to them and say, I'm concerned about antitrust in the same way that you would if you were a parent at school and contact the teacher or the administration because you're fully invested in your child's education, right? So you, as a concerned parent, you can say, even though you're not an educator, you know, I'm not a teacher, you can say, you know, I'm really concerned about this and what can we do about that? What, what are you doing about that? And what are you doing about that? on behalf of my child. And so you can say that here as a citizen, what are you doing about that for us, the citizens? We elected mm-hmm. you, so what are you doing for us? I think it's about realizing your personal stake in all of it. And I think sometimes we have too much distance between ourselves and the issues or ourselves and what's going on in the world because of what's going on in our sort of micro world around us. And I think also having that perspective at times can definitely be a reflection of privilege to say, oh, I have the privilege to just focus on what's going on in my life versus really looking out towards everything that's happening in your community. But there's an aspect, I think, of self-care in that too. And that at times you do have to create that distance in order to allow yourself to plug in, um, to plug back in, I guess I should say. But I I love what you said that it's really about, I mean, my understanding of what you said is that it's really about creating or recognizing this personal investment in what's going on and understanding it really affects us. And it's also about being able to dig in and, and having the bandwidth to do so, which I think is always such an interesting part of these conversations. And I'm curious what this has been like for you to, you know, plug in or be fully plugged in. Um, How do you manage that level of bandwidth for yourself? Because it's a lot of information and you and I last spoke in May and so much has happened since May. It's, it's, I'm so curious what this looks like for you. Well, uh, you have to take breaks. (laughs) You do. You know, yes, I take breaks. I read novels uh, and, uh, you know, I exercise, things like that. I like to Mm -hmm. eat. Um, I like to cook. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So there are plenty of opportunities to unplug. But, yeah, sometimes it's incredibly overwhelming. And, for example, when Roe was uh, overturned definitively, Mm -hmm. you know, beyond the league, it was done. It was really devastating, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I really just had to sit there for maybe a week and like not talk too much, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. and not take in too many articles and think pieces because this is the other thing that I think a lot of people miss is that we don't have to digest somebody else's thought pieces. Mm. We are all incredibly sophisticated, even people who are, quote unquote, undereducated, they are sophisticated enough to understand when their freedoms and their rights are being infringed upon. You know, this is not rocket science. Mm -hmm. And so when something like this happens, I think we're allowed to take a breather and mourn, regroup, and then start again. You you can't, Mm -hmm. you know, be, you can't be on all the time. 
that's just not how you can live life. And it can no. be incredibly difficult to, to be fully engaged. But I think one of the things that for me is really invigorating is in fact being engaged and doing the work because I feel like I just want people to have this information at their fingertips. I want them to know that they have power. I want them to mm -hmm. know that there are things that they can do so that they can do them. Because I think a lot of people don't know that either. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. I love what you said about you had to take some time to digest and to really fully process. And often we don't give ourselves that chance. We don't afford ourselves that opportunity to fully integrate information, to digest it, to sit with it and recognize not only how it makes us feel, but then how do we want to move forward? And what do we do want to do? What role I think do we want to play in um, advocating for ourselves, advocating for others, being engaged in a way that is meaningful for us. And I, I just, I know I keep saying, I love what you said, but I really do. I think what you said is so powerful too, about really wanting to make sure that people know you have more power as an individual citizen than I think you even realize. And so I'd love to talk about this a little bit because I think recognizing that element of individual power has a lot to do with changing our mindset around civic engagement and changing our mindset about what it means to be engaged and involved. And so it reminds me of something that you and I talked about previously, which is about truthfully, it can be a really joyful experience to be engaged. I'm curious what your thoughts are on that and maybe what even the conversations on your podcast over the last several years has, has really shown you about that. Well, for sure, there's work to be done, right? So that mm -hmm. sometimes feels like a heavy burden. And uh, I think we cannot engage in this work without having any joy because mm -hmm. that would be like a soul-sucking experience and nobody mm -hmm. would do it. Uh, I think the number one thing in terms of it being a joy is to make community, right? Is to be with other people and have an experience together. And so my advice is that if there's something that you care about, that's where you should get engaged in. Like, don't get engaged in something where you're like, oh, you know, now eat your vegetables, you know, you can't have any candy. <laughs> like, that's, that's not how this is supposed to work. If you're not interested in the topic, you will not attend a meeting and you will mm -hmm. not be engaged. But there is, if there's something that you really care about, that's a good spot because you care about it anyway. If there's something that, that keeps you up at night, you know, or if you're falling asleep and you're worried about this issue, that's where you should get engaged. And that's where you're going to find like-minded people and make community, make friends uh, and laugh. And, you know, for example, there are people that I know who really enjoy doing the um, postcard writing or letter writing for candidates. They sit together and they laugh and they write these letters and they feel really good because they're doing something. They're reaching out to voters and telling them that they should come out and vote. And they're making community with each other, but also making community with the people that they're reaching through these letters. So I think mm -hmm. that's a really beautiful thing. And I think that's the mm -hmm. thing about civic engagement is that we are enriching our civic lives with our participation. Yeah, I love what you said. It's about finding... God, I got to find a new phrase. I have to stop saying I love what you said, but it's so true. This element of community is so present with joy. The connection between joy and community is, is something that I think I have really come to understand and recognize and value through doing this podcast over the last almost five years. And I think what you said about finding something that has a that's personal to you, using that as a place to start, and then 
you can either cultivate community around that issue by, um, you know, writing letters, postcards, you know, volunteering at the polls or whatever it might be with other people. But then also that element of community that you find once you place yourself in those rooms or in those conversations. I think that's really an interesting point because I don't think, how often do we think about this element of community um, when it comes to being plugged into the issues and and either volunteering our time or speaking out or, or just getting involved? Yeah, I mean, I think that's another thing that people miss. It's not that, you know, I think there's this idea, especially in today's politics in the United States, that uh, let's say we are one issue voters or we only care about the one thing that aggrieves us and we don't uh, realize that other people feel the same way, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, we do a lot of social media connection, uh, but actually that's not the same thing as being in community, you know, to, to for example, you know, rage on Twitter, that's really not going to accomplish anything, <laughs> right? No. You're just voicing an opinion or you're agreeing with somebody else who is raging on Twitter also doesn't actually solve any of the problems that you find Mm -hmm. or any of the things that you find problematic, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The whole raging on Twitter makes me think about how often there's just a sense of doom and gloom and fear that drives us. And that drives, um, that can often be the drive that gets us to be engaged. That level of fear can drive you or this level of hope and optimism for the future can guide you or lead you to being engaged. And I'm curious because I know for me, I mean, I've wavered between the two. Sometimes my level of engagement goes up, especially after the decision regarding Roe came out. Yeah. Fear drove me to be more engaged. And then there are other times where I can think about where this sense of optimism or hope for the future, probably pre-2016, if I'm going to be honest, was what really um, drove my engagement and drove me to be involved. I'll never forget it was the um, 2016 election. And every weekend I was at the Santa Monica Democratic headquarters volunteering and um, helping people figure out how to make phone calls and text messages. And I mean, that's where I was every weekend because it was this hope for the future that I was so... Um, engaged with. And I think for a lot of us, it's about separating that sense of doom and gloom from the hope and the joy about what drives us. And my hope, for lack of a better word, is that through recognizing that there can be this joyful element around being plugged in and being engaged in our communities and using your voice, that that's the drive to be more involved rather than this sense of fear and doom. But I think we have to recognize that that's that's also there, you know, at the same time. Yes, I agree. It's also there at the same time. I think to your point, you know, I, I, we at Future Hindsight always ask at the end, you know, looking into the future, what makes you hopeful? So we are definitely a hopeful mm-hmm. podcast and I have mm-hmm. a hopeful point of view about life. Um, but to your point about like getting engaged, it's us who determine the future. Like if we are not engaged and we are not participating in building that future. And if you are a hopeful person, you need to get in there, you know, because <laughs> if you don't, then the only people who remain who are engaged are the people primarily who are really enraged. Yeah. And uh, that's actually really the the point, the reason why I started the podcast is that I didn't want to just be raging on social media. I wanted mm-hmm. to do something that was real, that was really going to provide a service to people, the people who listen, because I think uh, 
the more people who get engaged in our society, it doesn't have to be necessarily, you know, voting or quote unquote democracy related, but it's, the more people we have who are invested in our civic lives, the better the outcomes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, for example, you could volunteer at the Parent Teacher Association or you could volunteer uh, in your food bank. Right. That's not, quote unquote, political, but it is about our civic lives. It is right. about being in community and it is about being invested with the people, because that's when you meet people who may not believe the same things as you, but you find them to be human just like you. Mm-hmm. And you find that you can make community with them, even though they might believe different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so much of it is about stepping outside of these sort of narrow echo chambers that we often can create for ourselves. And when you actually have the opportunity to engage in community, to have these conversations, it broadens your your thinking, your horizons. But what you said really stuck with me too about this investment in the community and how you really wanted to take a proactive approach and add to the conversation, I think, in a really thoughtful um, and mindful way, which I think is really what's often missing from these conversations is that element of being thoughtful and mindful um, in how we approach sharing information, how we approach having these conversations. Because I can imagine for you, I mean, I don't want to put words or experience in your mouth, but I'm curious about this for you, about what this has been like for you having so, this forward-facing platform that touches on issues, has this is, is political in nature, because we're talking about real-world things that are going on, um, and sort of navigating the ups and downs and being mindful and thoughtful in how you approach it. Because I think it takes a certain person, skill, mindset um, to be able to do that and kind of navigate the noise of it all. Well, for starters, I pour my heart and soul into the podcast. Yes, you have. Can I just say you have? And it so shows too, because I mean, it's so beautifully done in all of your conversations. I leave them thinking, like I think about something new. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's probably part of the point is to expand our level of, um, what is the right word I'm thinking about here? Like, just being able to think about something new and expand the way you think about something and give you a new question or something to mull over. So yeah, a hundred, yes, thank you, pour you everything into it. It's so, it's really wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, that really, that means a lot. Thank you. So yeah, I pour my heart and soul into it. Uh, and what I'm really trying to achieve is for people to think about politics primarily through a humane lens. And I think so much of our politics is influenced by who our party affiliation is. Mm -hmm. And I think there are good things with all the parties, you know. Um, But really only one party right now is pro-democracy, or I should say differently. I think to be more precise, there's only one party that is very comfortable with having a vast number of people within its ranks who are anti-democracy. That's, Mm -hmm. I think, probably more accurate. Mm -hmm. And there are lots of Republicans who are pro-democracy. And I think that was evident in the 2020 election when there were plenty of Republicans who were in state governments who stood up for 
elections, election integrity, and we have never had a safer, more secure election than in 2020. Mm -hmm. So I think that speaks to people across all parties. Mm -hmm. But I think if we can think about the way that we are polarized right now, if we think about policies or things that we read in the news with a humanity first lens, I think we can come up with different, we can come up with conclusions that really support our societies in a way that's more productive, I mm. think, than if we mm -hmm. think Democrats want this, Republicans want this. And if we think, well, what's really good for people? Mm -hmm. Then I think it's easier, mm -hmm. you know, as opposed to red and blue. Think about it not through the middle way, because that, you know, people would say that's an independent way, but really through like, what do people really need? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What you said is really sticking with me about wanting to almost bring back this humane lens through which we see politics, through which we see each other, through which we engage in our communities. And so much of this sounds like to me about making a choice in the moment to engage through the lens of our values. What do we value? What is important to us? You know, we don't have to agree on everything, but if my value is to allow someone else's voice to be heard and to also allow mine, that means I'm engaging in respectful conversation. If my value is to ensure that everyone, um, you know, and I'm speaking through the lens of living in the United States, you know, has the right to vote, then yeah, I'm going to, you know, be mindful and want to engage around, you know, election protection and making sure, you know, voter protection and people, you know, showing up to the polls actually are voting. Um, you know, there's so, I, it just feels to me so much about allowing ourselves to operate through the lens of what are, what are my values? And that, that brings us back to, you know, navigating these conversations through that humane lens that you talked about. Yeah. So yeah, much good yeah. food for thought. Thank you. So yes. much humans good first. I think humans if we, first. If, yes, if we uh, invest in humanity, if we invest in the humanity of everybody, children, the elderly, you know, people who are middle aged, working people, yeah. poor people, I think we will have different outcomes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think I should say it differently. Then we will have more just outcomes. Mm, yes. I think so too. I think so too. You know, it's so interesting. I feel like so much of our conversation has been so far about this element of civic engagement and how do we engage and how do we make it feel more joyful for ourselves. And I just love that it really comes back to this element of community. And I'm curious though, if there are some guests over the last, you know, years of doing the podcast that have really stood out to you, if there's a light bulb moment or, um, a big takeaway. You mentioned a conversation earlier um, that's going to be re-airing this week, and that will be about a month after you and I record. But curious if there have just been conversations that have really stood out to you in, in a really profound way. Well, um, there are so many. Like, I would say that I have learned something from every guest. But mm -hmm. I interviewed Jason Stanley this week. Uh, and so I'm going oh. to pick him only because I interviewed him this week. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so well, of course it's I like, and I know I gave you an impossible question too, by the way, because I always say when someone asks me like, Oh, what, like what's an episode or a guest that has stuck out in your mind. And I always say, 
Well, imagine if I had children, it would be like picking my favorite child. So I know I put, I gave you a big task there. So yeah, what was this conversation like with Jason? So this conversation with Jason, I mean, he, he wrote How Fascism Works. He's a philosopher at Yale. And uh, we talked about why we need to use fascism when we are thinking about the movements from the far right that is happening right now. Uh, and it's because basically all of the elements that they are implementing are fascist implements, uh, are fascist methods rather, and therefore fascism is the correct term to use. Mm. And we were talking about our politics, this and the other, and it was honestly a little bit depressing. Mm. And in the end, when I asked him what makes him hopeful, he said that there have been many movements in the United States, for example, the civil rights movement, that have combated these elements in American society. And this is what makes him proud to be an American. Mm. And I just didn't expect that. I, I just, you know, thought, oh, we're doomed, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And when he said that, I thought, oh, I really have to think anew about what it means to be a democratic citizen, small d mm -hmm. democratic citizen, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's so interesting because throughout this country's history, throughout humankind, um, there have been so many moments of adversity and unfairness and racism and sexism and, I mean, anti-Semitism, and we could go on and on and on. But it's so interesting what you just shared. At the There's all these mountains to climb, but we always climb them. And we always, in somehow, some way, there's still so much work to be done. Let me, put, let me say that. There is still so much work to be done. But we continue to figure out how to move forward and climb these mountains. And... It's very interesting because it's so, I don't want to say easy, but it's easy to feel depressed and burnt out and discouraged and frustrated and angry and sad. But then to hear someone say, but we figure out how to climb these mountains. And that makes me hopeful because I know we can do it again. What an interesting perspective shift in that moment. I can imagine for you while you were having that conversation was, oh, okay, yeah, we, we can continue to figure this out and climb. Yes, yes, exactly. I was uh, not expecting that, and mm -hmm. it made me hopeful. I mean, I yeah. say this all the time. Yeah. If you are uh, feeling <laughs> not hopeful, listen to Future Hindsight. It will make yes. you hopeful because there are so many people on this podcast, well, everybody on the podcast that I've invited uh, or who has been on the show, I should say it like that. Um, so for everybody who has been on the show is a citizen change maker. They are incredible humans who are committed, committed to making our society function better for everyone. And it's always inspiring to listen to them. Yeah. Well, yeah. I can second that. It's always inspiring. You know, I would really love to leave everyone who tunes into this episode with maybe some clear action items or, or ways to get involved. I think this will air towards the end of September. So we'll be about, I don't know, like six weeks maybe um, from the midterms in the U.S. And um, 
you know, I think midterms are often low with respect to turnout, but maybe this year will be different. So any good action items that you can share with, with everyone tuning in today, maybe ways to get involved or, or things to think about? Sure. Hold on. I'm going to double check this date because I just looked it up Yeah. Uh, so that I can tell you accurately. So since you're airing this in September, mm-hmm. National Voter Registration Day is September 20th, 2022, mm-hmm. this year. So if you are not yet registered, the first thing you should do is register to vote. And then, of course, vote on Election Day, which is November 8th. And uh, once you've done that, you should talk to all of your friends about voting, all of your family about voting. Explain what the stakes are. Democracy is on the ballot. You should absolutely make sure that not only you vote, but the people in your inner circle. And then my next piece of advice is to engage people in conversation about this, about what's important to you about this election. I think a lot of people don't want to do that because they don't want to have political conversations with people. They don't want to talk about the things that are uncomfortable. Um, And I feel the same way. Uh, But I just got this piece of advice from somebody that I interviewed. And he said, what you need to do is walk into each conversation with Uh, the meta idea of the conversation so that Mm -hmm. you do not get pulled into a fight when you're in the conversation. So for example, if you're talking about women's rights or you're talking about the freedom of women, you have to remember that's what you're going to talk about. You're not going to talk about how necessarily it is affecting people directly or how necessarily it's making you feel. But this way you can stay neutral, you can listen and you can stay engaged in the conversation and make your point about why it's important for women to have these freedoms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so vote, register to vote. Make sure everyone in your life is registered to vote. And find your community too, I think it sounds like, and be willing and be courageous maybe to have the conversations. They don't always have to be tough conversations. Sometimes it's just having the conversation and brings me back to something you said earlier too about joining an organization that has a personal stake to you. I think these are really um, really good pieces of advice and action items because you're. I think it goes back to this sense of community. Sometimes it's so much easier to take action when you're doing it as part of a group than it is to do it as just one individual. And I think when we join communities or we join organizations or have these conversations, it's so much easier to remember uh, that we have a much larger impact than we even realize. For sure. Well, well what is definitely true is that we cannot do it on our own. We no have way. to do it together. We have to do it together with other people. That's the only way that we have enough power to change mm-hmm. what we want to have changed. Mm-hmm. I, I know you always ask everyone at the end of your episodes what is keeping you hopeful or what makes you hopeful. But on this podcast, I always end by asking, uh, what is your biggest dream? So Mila, what is your biggest dream? What is my biggest dream? My biggest dream is to live in a society where we really see each other as human beings fully, you know? 
that really elevates our humanity, each and every one of us. Mm, beautiful. I can't thank you enough for this conversation. I so enjoyed it. Learning more about, I think, your journey with Future Hindsight, but really this conversation around engagement and community and bringing this hopeful, joyful perspective and lens to being plugged in um, in our society, in our world. Um, and I think at times, I think especially over the last maybe, I don't know, six years, it has felt more challenging for so many of us. It has certainly been a very challenging almost decade. So allowing ourselves to stay in the hope and the joy while recognizing the doom and gloom does exist, but we don't always have to live there, I think is is really powerful. So please share with everyone where they can find you, connect with you, connect with the podcast and and keep listening to your, your really incredible conversations. Thank you. Well, thank you very much for having me on. I really enjoyed this conversation. If you want to find Future Hindsight, you can listen to Future Hindsight on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Future, that's spelled without an E, unfortunately. Uh, it's <laughs> F-U-T-U-R underscore Hindsight. And you can find us on Instagram at Future Hindsight Pod. Perfect. Everything's going to be on the show notes. We'll make it so easy for everyone to find you, connect, tune into the podcast and uh, vote. Make sure you're registered to vote. That's my big takeaway. Thank you for this. This was really fun. Thank you. Thank you very much. Seek the Joy podcast is a production of Seek the Joy Media and created, produced, and hosted by me, Sydney Weiss. You can tune into all of our episodes on your favorite podcast platform. And if you're enjoying the show, hit follow and leave us a five-star rating and review. Make sure to join the community, join the conversation on our social media channels, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. We are at Seek the Joy Podcast everywhere. And don't forget, you can actually watch today's new episode and all of our episodes on our brand new YouTube channel. Click that link in the show notes to subscribe and tune in. As always, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And I'll see you right back here next week for another Seek the Joy Tuesday. Tuesday.